We uh, want to invite you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And if you can find a pen or something and on the back of your uh, bulletin, there's room for some sermon notes. I want to finish this sermon I've been working on for, <laughs> this is the fourth time, uh, on the subject of sources of power available to you and through you. And... Uh, I haven't been getting very far, so I'm just going to kind of list them off today, and they'll be a lot quicker. But, um, yeah, I did get a text. The pastor did, too, from Sue Beebe this morning, miraculous, uh, her count and uh, what it is up to. And uh, it was at zero a week ago, and um, now it's, uh, uh, what does she say here this morning? Um I'll just read what she wrote me. The, the new number is 200. Normal is 150 to 350. These are platelets in her blood. They are not taking any chances sending me home too early. Treatment on Monday and another on Wednesday this week. Keep praying for her. They sent me home too early last time. It was touch and go, and I believe I really uh, concerned them. Praise the Lord, I'm on my way. Please thank everyone for all their love and especially prayers. What a ride this was. Um, Will you sing Because He Lives this morning? Uh, Nope. (laughs) Or tonight, my favorite song. Well, maybe at the end. Uh, It's not, if not, it's okay. Thank you, Sue. But uh, we could do that maybe. Make sure this thing's off so I'm not violating the rules. All right. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we'll get to in a minute. And... um, The first sermon in this series was called Christ's Last Concern for His Church. You can read about that in Acts chapter 1, Christ's Last Concern for His Church. Verses 8, 9, and 10 was that the church would have power. He does not want His church to be a powerless church that just has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof as we are warned in prophecies about the last days and 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5. And so we want to be asking ourselves about our church, Faith Bible Baptist Church. Do we have the power of God here? Is is the power of the Lord shown in influencing people, affecting people, changing people, or not saving souls? And so we want to be praying for power. Each one of us individually take these things to heart. I'll give you seven of them as sources of power that are available to you and then through you and to me and then through me. God wants us to live a powerful life that affects other people and that affects us, affects us and changes us. And so that's, that's what this series has been around about. The second uh, message was on sources of power available to you and through you, and that was uh, God, the Trinity, God the Father, Psalm 62, verse 11, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. God the Son, Matthew 10, 1, and he gave them power. Jesus, he gave them power. God the Holy Spirit, Acts 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The Trinity uh, our, our one God, three persons, are all concerned about you and I having power in our lives individually uh, so that God can work in us, as the Scripture says, mightily. 
mightily working in us and then through us so that we can affect others while we are here on this short stay on earth, trying to affect other people. The third message was last week, and that was on the gospel. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Everybody who has ever been saved, without exception, it is because of the power of the gospel, that simple old love story of Jesus and his love and his dying for us on a cross at Calvary and shedding his blood, pouring out his blood that we might be saved uh, as he died in our place as our substitute and our sacrifice. What great love that he had, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. The gospel is powerful. It can save you. It doesn't matter what you've ever done, ever. You might be the worst person in this room or the best. The gospel can save you. And then the gospel is not only a power to you, but it is a power through you so that you can reach others as you share the gospel and try to win souls to Christ. God will use you. That was last week. Now, number four today is prayer, faith, prayer, and fasting. It's actually three, but, but write this down. Number four, the fourth source of power that is available to you and then through you is faith, prayer, and fasting. I like to put these uh, together. They are uh, powerful Uh, when they work uh, together, faith, prayer, and fasting. Faith, we are told, if we do not doubt, can move mountains. That's powerful. Because in the old phone books, I used to look it up, there's there's no listing in the yellow pages under mountain movers. Uh, and there's probably not on the internet, if, if you said, you know, we'd like to move Mount Kilimanjaro. Is there any companies out there that can... Uh, help us move that mountain, you're not going to find any human mountain movers. But God says that if we'll have faith in him, he can move mountains. And you do not doubt in your heart. He told us that in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Prayer is powerful. In uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, I hope you've memorized that scripture. It says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says, if you'll call unto me, that's prayer. I'll answer you. I'll show you things you never even thought that you would pray for exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And that verse in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. You, every one of us can approach God. He says, let us come therefore boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in need. He invites us, all of us. And the God of all flesh, he says, unto me shall all uh, flesh come. But prior to that, in chapter 32 of Jeremiah, before he said that great statement, in 33, in verse 3, Jeremiah the prophet said, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. In verse 27, God then answers Jeremiah and says, Behold, I am the Lord, now listen, the God of all flesh, Is there anything too hard for me? And that's what we call omnipotence. God is all-powerful. And he says to all flesh, that's everybody in this room, there's not an exception. He says, is there anything too hard for me? And then he invites us in the next chapter, so call unto me, and and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Uh, The poem in the bulletin recently 
uh, says, uh, restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes our armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Prayer is a power, a source of power that is available to you and through you. Not only can prayer profoundly affect you, I don't know what you're struggling with. Maybe there's somebody here today with an addiction and you just have resolved that there's no hope for you. There is hope for you in prayer. And prayer can be a power to you. And then it can be a power through you for prayer truly changes things and people. Through your prayers, things can be changed. Through your prayers, people can be changed. And uh, we, we, just, we just need to have more time in personal prayers. And, and our, our prayer meetings need to be better attended. And our altars need to be better attended of people praying. People praying. Faith, prayer, and fasting. I, I put them all together. Fasting. In the book of Matthew 17, we have the story of a, young, a man whose young son somehow becomes demon-possessed. There's been a long war between Satan and the children of the world. Uh, and uh, there is satanic possession. And it is real today. If you, for some reason, do not believe in the devil or the, the devils and the demons, you do not believe in Jesus Christ, for he taught about it more than anybody. And his word is truth. And he warned us. And this man in Matthew 17 brought his demon-possessed child to Christ's disciples, and they could do nothing for him. And he finally came to the Lord and kneeling down said, Lord, my, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. And oft times he falleth into the fire and often into the water. How would you like a boy like that? Who, who often just went, fell into the water and the father would have to go bolting in there to save him from drowning. And then the next thing he falls into a fire and he'd have to get him out. Can you imagine what his son looked like? And he finally brings him in desperation to the, the Lord's disciples and they can't help him. And uh, he finally says, bring him to me, amen? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. That's what the scripture says. The disciples were puzzled and they said, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said two things, you don't have faith and you didn't fast. Because in verse 21, he says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. But I want you to notice the power of prayer, this source of power, and the power of fasting can cast the devil out of a child. And brethren, we need to get serious about using this source of power because there's a lot of demon possession today, and the world's getting worse by the day. Huge, huge report uh, by the CDC to the government just this week about how desperately uh, we need help for our teens in this country. And they're, 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 
they're, they're so loaded with depression and suicidal thoughts and they're stemming this all back to all the time they're spending on social media and TikTok, Instagram, all those, those types of things, websites and the constant uh, 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 indoctrination of uh, television shows and movies and endless uh, violent video games and everything and the government has acknowledged that there's a problem here and they've taken guys like Mark Zuckerberg and others and brought them up to Congress and said, you've got to do something to stop this. And he says, no, it's the parents' responsibility. And the parents, sadly, they, they'll take the cell phone and they'll, they'll give it to a little kid and, uh, like it's the best thing they ever gave it to them and it's the worst thing they ever put in their hands as they take the entire world and all of its filth and put it in the hands of their boys and girls. And it, in, it introduces them to things that that can open them up to demonic possession. And don't think because you're a Christian for a second that you're exempt from demonic oppression. Uh, I spent a good deal of last year with a pastor whose youngest son uh, was demonically oppressed for a wonderful Christian family doing wonderful works for God. The devil's not afraid of you. The devil wasn't afraid of Jesus. He went up to the Mount of Olive and uh, Mount, Mount of Temptation and, and tempted him three times. He wasn't afraid of Job. And he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your home. He's not afraid of your children. And we would like to say, well, why doesn't he just leave me alone? Ah, we don't get that option. We don't get that option. He's coming after your kids. And our book says, neither give place to the devil. Don't open those doors to him. He's coming after your kids. He's come after us and our family. My, oh my. And we have to learn faith and prayer and fasting. And, and, and praying and fasting with this, this, this pastor. Uh, his son was able to get the victory. And he now knows and loves the Lord. But Jesus said, This kind goeth not forth but by prayer and fasting. There are some cases where prayer is not enough, and you've got to go without food. If you have a child that's, that's uh, uh, being oppressed of the devil, you've got to go without food. You've got to miss a meal or two or a day or something and get alone with God and just lift up that child's uh, name to the throne of God and say, God, help me. God, help us. The devil's after your kids. The, the devils are after your kids. Every pervert and his brother. In this country's after your kids. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at the condition of our nation now. I've never seen it like this before. But we have a source of power available to us. Faith and prayer and fasting that can help us individually. No matter what you're going through, the truth can set you free. The truth can make you free. And thy word is truth. It has to be grounded in the Bible. And God cannot only bring freedom to you, but then through you as you help others and pray and fast for other people and have faith, mountain-moving faith. Those parents might not have the faith you have, and you may have to intercede for them, and make intercession for their... And maybe you just know some troubled youth in your town. They're not even saved. Maybe you're the only one that knows about their condition. And you need to pray 
and you need to fast for them. And I have seen people demon-possessed. I communicate with one of the most demon-possessed men that was ever in history. We're pen pals. We write letters. How the Lord has set him free. And he's now a servant of God. And in ways he's been a minister for God since 1987 when he got saved. There's power. There's power sources available to us. And through us, God, the gospel, the word of God. I skipped that. Wow, sorry, you probably wonder, what what, what am I doing? Let me go back to Hebrews. (laughs) Hebrews 4. I skipped 3. Here's point 3. We'll do this quickly. For the word of God is quick, it's alive, powerful. See the word powerful? It's a source. The Bible is a powerful book. And sharper than any two-edged sword, it's sharp, too. Boy, it'll cut you to pieces. It'll get way down inside of you. It's amazing how deep the Bible will get into you and me to make us better men and women. Let me read the rest of it. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's hard to even explain what that means. But God's Word can do that. It can get inside of every one of us and can help us and sanctify our whole spirit and soul and body. Oh, yeah, he can make us a new creature by the power of his word. God's word is with power. When I was growing up as a boy, you didn't have to look far and you'd see a copy of the Ten Commandments somewhere. Some of you can't believe that. It's true. We'd have them hanging in our school, our public school, they'd be in the library. They'd be in the post office, state buildings, government buildings, federal buildings, people's homes. But then the geniuses down at the Supreme Court decided in 1962 we can't have teacher-led prayer anymore with our children. 1963 we can't have teacher-led Bible reading anymore with our children in the schools. And then in 1980... We can't post the Ten Commandments anymore. Somebody might think about God if they read it. What a horrible thing that would be for our nation. They took the Ten Commandments off. How many of you this week, by a show of hands, saw the Ten Commandments posted anywhere besides your home? Not your home, but anywhere else you went, you saw a copy of the Ten Commandments posted somewhere. Would you raise your hand? There's not one hand up in this room. Not one. There's got to be 2,000 people here this morning. (laughs) There's not one hand in this room. And back in the 50s and the 60s, even the 70s when I grew up, probably everybody would have raised their hand and said, I saw the Ten Commandments this week. Do you think we might be in the mess we're in today? Because people are not reading the word of God. Do you think maybe you hear about all this stealing, busting up people's stores, and even the store owners are told if they want to take stuff, let them go. Don't, don't, don't fight them if it's $1,000 worth of stuff. Let them, let them walk out with it, no problem. All these cyber attacks on people, people stealing your identity and 
all that kind of stuff. Do you think maybe, just maybe, if they grew up and saw a little statement one time that says, thou shalt not steal, do you think maybe the Holy Spirit of God could use that to restrain the behavior of even the unsaved? Because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a powerful source to us, to me. The word of God has gotten into me like really deep. I mean, stuff I wouldn't even discuss publicly with anybody. I don't trust anybody enough to talk about some of the stuff God's dealt with me about. But not only is it a source of power to help me, but also to help you and others as it flows through me and I don't stop the conduit of God's word. You know something, when I was a little boy, if I went into a store and I was tempted to steal a candy bar, and I, I wasn't even saved, my heart would start pumping inside of my chest so hard, I thought my chest was going to explode. Who do you think that was? The Spirit of God who came to convict us of sin and of judgment and of righteousness, but he uses the tool of the Word of God. And not one of us have seen the Ten Commandments this week. You know why our country wasn't always like this? Because of the power of the word of God. It is a source that is available to us and through us. Number six, number five is compassion. Compassion is powerful. That's a source that's available to us. When I got saved, I couldn't get over the fact that God died for me on the cross. I remember that day when I woke into, walked into church And a man preached the gospel for the first time. And I finally understood. My creator came to save his creature. Died upon a cross in my place for my sins. So I could be saved. That compassion made a difference. It made a difference in me. And I never got over it. And it has that power in Jude chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Boy, there's some people that could use some love right about now in this world. Does somebody love them? I got this little boy, neighbor boy, walks by. Hi, Art. Hi, Art. Hey, Nico. He asked me one day, what's your name? I said, Art. Art Cole. I said, you remembered it. Every time he goes by, hi, Art. Hi. Hey, let me show you something. I came over, and, and uh, I was uh, checking the air pressure on my tires, my wife's car tires. I had the compressor out and the hose and everything. I want to show you how to use this thing, a little air pressure gauge. And so he... I taught him how to take the, you know, caps off and to push it on there and hold it and read it and then add air if you need to add air. And we went around all four tires and so on and so forth. And, and he just wanted to stick around. What else can I do? What else can I do? What else can I do? People just need some little love, a little time, a little compassion. And the compassion of Christ is a source of power that can affect you when you realize God himself died upon the cross for you in your place. That's how much he loves you. You can't ever doubt the love of God. 
Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Boy, I can't get away from that. Can't get away from it. And it affected me. And I've noticed that compassion not only is a source of power to me, but also when you show it to others, it makes a difference. And on others, have compassion making a difference. You know, some people just need a little pity. And yeah, some people are in the state they're in because of their own sin. But even then, could use a little pity. We're not trying to justify their sin or anything, but some people just make mistakes, bad relationships. Listen to this here uh, from uh, Psalm 103, verse 13. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I'm glad the Lord's had pity on me because I'm pretty pathetic sometimes. The Lord feels. He's got emotions. God has emotions and he, he feels for you. He has compassion for you, love for you, pity for you. And other people are nasty. They walk by. They don't even see you exist. People walk. They're so apathetic and indifferent these days. It isn't even funny. You, you, walk, you can walk through life day after day. Not one person even notice you. It shocks me when somebody comes up and says, Pastor Cole, how are you doing? It just shocks me when people say that. So rare. I like shocking my doctors. <laughs> I do. I said, how are you doing? I'll see them. You got kids? How are your kids doing? Like, Why? Because patient after patient after patient after patient, when they walk in that office, dump on them and dump on them and dump on them and dump on them. And that's their job. I understand that. I say, hey, man, how are you doing? You got, you got kids? Yeah, well, one's finishing college. One's finishing high this year. Yeah, what are they doing? What are they? Gonna, what are they thinking about doing? Like, doctors like just. So I go every year for the checkup. She said, "You're the pastor, right?" They remembered. They remembered. You gotta have compassion. It's power. There's power in showing some compassion. I need more compassion. I'm preaching to myself. That's for sure. But wisdom number six. Number six is wisdom. Here's another source of power that's available to you and through you. It says in Proverbs 24 and verse number five, a wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. A wise man is strong. A man of knowledge increaseth strength. The world has a saying, once in a while the world gets something right, don't they? Once in a blue moon. But they have a saying, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And sometimes people who just have basic knowledge about certain things advance and get farther ahead than people who are ignorant. And that's why we should try to learn everything we can possibly learn. Teach your kids, your boys, your girls, whatever you can, how to hang drywall or run wires or plumbing or fix roofs or shingles or 
do yard work, rake leaves, trim bushes, uh, change spark plugs, anything, any knowledge you can give them, it's going to help them through life, but especially the knowledge of the Word of God. The wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all that getting, get understanding. Wisdom. God's wisdom. Now, there's worldly wisdom and devilish wisdom and fleshly wisdom. James 3, verse 15. But then, praise God, there's the wisdom that's from above, which is true, honest, and just, and pure, and lovely, and... and um, full of good fruits and there's seven pillars of wisdom there in James chapter 3. Wow, what a life. Seven pillars of wisdom. That life will stand the test of time when the floods come up and the rains descend and the wind blows. When they get it from every direction, their house will stand because it's built upon a rock. And then the seven pillars of wisdom are built on Christ. There's power in wisdom. There's power in wisdom. And it's a a resource that is available to you. It 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 is not something that is only kept for a few by God, but rather if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. James 1 5. You can walk in wisdom. All your life, you young ladies, you young men, you got some major decisions coming up. Like who are you going to marry and who are you going to avoid? <laughs> There's some desperate people out there that would detach themselves to you really quick. They need something else. But uh, you got to be making decisions, and God wants to help you. Trust. In the Lord, with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You got to be in touch with God in your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Stay close to him, and he will help you navigate through all the landmines there are in your teens and 20s keep you from blowing yourself to smithereens. It's hard to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I was only in one school play, and I was, I was one of the guys on the, the stretcher that came out to pick up Humpty Dumpty and carry him off. <laughs> that was the only part they gave me. 1 Corinthians 1.24, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, wisdom and power have a very close relationship. People who have God's wisdom live powerful lives. And that is, God's wisdom is is powerful in you. He can, he can lead you. He can guide you. And then it can be shared through you to others to help them uh, with counsel. And they'll appreciate it. Last of all, holiness. Holiness. Whew. 
To me, this is the hardest one, being holy in an ungodly world. But Romans 1.4 says this, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. We're talking about sources of power available to us and through us. It talks about how Jesus had power according, that is in proportion to the spirit of holiness that he had, and he was completely holy. Only thou art holy. That talks about God, only thou art holy. Now you and I have some holiness and sanctification. God's working on us, purifying us, cleaning us up and everything. But it's like the more holiness we have, the more power we have. It's kind of distributed that way. The more holy a man is, the more holy a woman is, the more powerful. God, point number one, gives them the spirit of holiness. Now that's not something that you and I naturally are interested in. But it's something that's good for us. Holiness. And we have been deceived to think that, well, if you live a holy life, you'll never have fun again, you'll never smile again, you'll never smirk again. And we have been lied to. Uh, There's so much gladness and joy from living a holy life. And these youth that we're talking about this week, the government was talking about this week, and their depression, their suicidal tendencies, it's not because they're holy. It's because they've been introduced to every form of filth you can possibly imagine. Tom Stiles was here the other day, and he said to me, Brother Cole, he said, it's down to seven years old now when boys and girls are introduced to hardcore pornography. Seven years of age is the average in our country. And you wonder why they want to kill themselves. You wonder why they're depressed. Despondent. When all innocency has been robbed from them. All childhood has been robbed from them. Their homes are a mess. And everything they've been given... And they've been given more than anybody that has ever walked this earth of the things of this world. Leaves them unfulfilled. And now what's the sense? They look on TikTok and everyone's having fun but them. Everyone can sing but them. Everyone can dance but them. Everyone's athletic but them. As they see this constant barrage of, of social media. They'd be better off if we took it all away from them. Went for a walk out in the woods or something. Boy, we're up against it. But we need to have holiness in our homes, in our churches, in our lives. And holiness will bring us power. About Jesus, he says, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. Power to become what God wants us to be. What the manufacturer made us to be. How he made us to function. And he didn't make us to function like twisted, warped, confused people. He made us to function so we could be someday like the Lord. And help others. 
get our minds off of ourselves and on to helping others the rest of our lives. What a, what a wonderful life it is to spend your whole life in service to others. You'll feel, you'll feel so good at the end. You'll feel so good at the end if you just help as many people as you can. It takes holy people. Well, we've got to sing a couple songs before we leave today. Let's turn first to page nine. Page number nine. I, I'll change this song. Ignore that up there. Holiness. And then we'll sing Because He Lives, we'll all serenade Sue up in the hospital. But brethren, God has all these sources of power that are available to every one of you. Not just pastors. It's not just for Pastor Barron. It's for everyone. Men, women, boys, girls. Just got to avail ourselves of this power to us and then through us. So as we're singing, if you want to come and pray about some of these things, you just step out, come pray down here by the seats or something. God's house is a house of prayer. And God will help us. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're homeless. Maybe your kids, you know, I tell you this. We can look really good on the outside, but man, people are struggling on the inside. Maybe you know someone that needs some prayer and fasting. Well, nobody else knows, but they live near you. They live near you. You've got to lift up their name to the throne of God if they're going to have any, any chance. Maybe you need to be saved today. And you don't know what it means to be saved from your sins and to have eternal life, to trust in Christ as your personal Savior. If you'll come down front, we'll have somebody talk to you for a few minutes, show you out of the Bible, how you can receive Christ as your Savior and trust in Him. Whatever, won't you come today? Sunday's the Lord's Day. Let's meet the Lord.